Hello and welcome to Wild Sessions. I'm Henrietta Norton, a parent, nutritional practitioner, author and founder of Wild Nutrition. In this series, I'll be sitting down with some excellent professionals who will share their depth of knowledge and back it all up with practical advice. I'll also be sharing real-life experiences from women and men who have navigated the twists and turns of health at every life stage. So I'm really delighted to be sitting in the kitchen with Katie Roham, who is a medical specialist and fitness coach and is a very inspiring woman through your life experiences as much as your professional experience. And I'd love our audience to know a little bit more about how you've come to be where you are and chosen to do what you've done. How long have they got? (laughs) I'll start, I guess, from sort of 40 because... That is the beginning of the journey to wanting to help women empower themselves when they get to sort of midlife and menopause. But I had my third child, Rupert, actually after four miscarriages. So at around about 40, I had Rupert and I've always loved fitness. Decided there wasn't really anybody out there helping busy women with busy lives work out with kids. But I was like, there needs to be something for women. So I qualified essentially to become a PT whilst Rupert was still really young. And during that time, I started to experience my own issues physically in terms of lack of sleep. But I went to the doctors. I had qualified by this time as a PT. I was doing these Instagram workouts. But there was just something that didn't really tie up. The sort of feeling that I wasn't really myself. And I know for those of us that have had kids, there is definitely that sort of time of transition where we are learning to all work together as a family. But I'd done it with two, but it just felt really different. And I felt very alone and very invisible. And I was still doing these free online workouts and just sort of carried on as we do again as women, as if everything was fine. But the joint aches and pains were getting worse. The exhaustion was getting worse. And I called up doctors and I wasn't really getting anywhere, to be honest with you. I was sent for ECGs. I was sent for chest X-rays. I was told perhaps I was over-exercising, but deep down I just knew that something wasn't right. And I began to realise actually a lot of what I was experiencing sounded like perimenopause, Mm -hmm. but there wasn't enough information about how we eat and how we should exercise Mm -hmm. at that time. And Mm -hmm. you don't have to exercise differently, but we need to remember our body is changing. Mm -hmm. And actually as soon as I got to grips with the fact that I was perhaps on that perimenopause journey... I actually looked into taking HRT. I really looked at my diet and exercise and the impact that that perhaps was having on my body and looked at what we needed to do as women at that age so that before we get to that point, your body is ready and stronger and you're exercising the right way and you've put in those little lifestyle tweaks. And actually, the earlier you put those in, the easier Absolutely. And that's entirely our philosophy around women's health. The preparation for menopause starts at puberty. The preparation for fertility starts before puberty. So it's like building up a bank account. You've got to put those lifestyle interventions in prior to being in the situation so it's not as reactive. Had I known at 35 that weight training was going to be key in terms of my muscles and my bones, I probably would have done it then. I think that we grew up thinking that running, running, running was the right way, Mm -hmm. restricting diets and all of this sort of stuff Mm -hmm. to be a shape or a size that we should be. And I think that's the other thing, that when we get to this point in our lives, we've got to stop chasing that 30-year-old self Mm -hmm. and we have to start future-proofing our bodies. Mm -hmm. And like you say, that starts really at puberty. You know, I've got a daughter. 
And I want her to think about all the things that she's putting in her body now, mm. how she's eating, how she's exercising, mm. and how that will help her at those times of the month. And then as she gets older with pregnancy. But this is the thing, there is so much information given to women around puberty and around pregnancy, yet we suddenly get to menopause and it's only now that the conversations are happening. Mm. I think there's a lot of information and it's almost like people can be aware that they might be in this stage, but they don't know what to do for them. And I still feel like there's that void of understanding your own body. And I think you touched on something as well about your relationship and the mindset towards exercise and a healthy relationship with eating, which needs to be embedded as early as possible. Because I do feel that somehow exercise and eating have almost become commodities for us to control. And then we get to a stage in our life where we feel very out of control and our body does start to change. It's really important to adjust the mindset that your body is going to be changing in a positive way. Like completely, like I I think that we have to accept that there are going to be those changes and actually movement and eating for mobility, for strength and for longevity so has to outweigh the aesthetic benefits. But it it is really difficult because a lot of us do struggle with that side, like you're saying. Actually, I did a post recently on these before and after fitness regimes that people go for, and you can't see the before and after of what's going on inside of your body. You can't Absolutely. see what you're doing for your heart, for your mm. for your bones, for your joints, mm. for your mental health, mm. you know, everything, circulation, all of it mm. is so improved, and that's what we have to try to get women to focus on. And if you do, if weight loss or fat loss is a goal, that will naturally happen, okay. and it will become sustainable. The research that I've seen around exercise is how important consistency is. And I think exercise becomes especially important around perimenopause because so much of it is around how our management of inflammation can increase our body's ability to go through those transitions with more fluidity. Yeah. So those very erratic symptoms that we might get during the menopause can be tempered more with exercise just from that pure mechanism that we can't even see inside. Yeah, it's all about the hormone health. And like you say, with information goes into your guts, it's everyone actually. That ties in with the decline in estrogen. Yes, Because that's what affects those markers. So yeah, you can manage that really well by good diet and exercise. But again, like you're saying, with that consistency, that doesn't mean seven days a week with no rest and powering your body because then obviously that affects your cortisol levels as well which gives you even more stress on the body so that was one of the things that actually I definitely try to encourage women to do is to stop thinking that every session you do has to be an hour or sweaty actually you will be doing more damage to your body Mm -hmm. and you are going to be prone to injury if you carry on working out like that and you can do a really effective workout in 35 to 40 minutes which seems achievable and that's it if it's it's achievable it becomes consistent yeah and that's what actually what I've really liked about your approach it is very realistic you are in a home environment would you say that the sweet spot is 30 minutes is there an equation that works for most women I think the most important thing is finding something you love and doing it even if you can only find 10 minutes do it actually so government guidelines are that's 150 minutes of exercise yes. a week. Yeah. And actually, if you break that down, that's 30 minutes a day. Fine enough, since I changed the way I was training from the age of 40, I've run my fastest half marathon. And actually, the recovery, weirdly, at 40 was easier than it was when I was younger because I that's didn't so just have... Because I lifted, because you're... you're mm. 
you know, you're increasing that mobility, you're getting the synovial fluid, you're getting your joints working. Mm -hmm. And actually, because I'd started to think about what I was putting into my body, Mm -hmm. how I was eating, that helps with the recovery. Whereas I think when you're slightly younger, we do bash our bodies, we get up, we run, we drink. But definitely from 35, we know our muscle mass decreases, our bones are breaking down at a bigger rate than we're building them up. Mm -hmm. A third of women have hip fractures over the age of 50. So it's really important that we think about lifting weights. Now, had I started lifting weights earlier, possibly stopped drinking earlier, I may not have been in a position where I was sitting here today at 46 with osteopenia. But so what I know is I have to carry on lifting my weights, but not all the time, maybe once a week, running, walking. You can't reverse osteopenia, but I can prevent osteoporosis. It's also about what we can do right now with where we are right now. And as you can say, there's a huge amount, even with osteopenia, that you can actually continue to do to support your body with that. Yeah, and and And, supplements in terms of vitamin D. And also the impact that stress has on bone density as well. So we know that that speeds up that wear stage and slows down the repair stage. So really important as well to make sure that you're supporting your adrenal systems, your yeah. HPA access with magnesium. Ashwagandha is a beautiful herb for that. Yes, so that you're... See, not, I need to talk, do, do more research into that. We'll have a conversation <laughs> about that because that is one that lots of people talk about. Yeah, You know, so the nutrients that support bone density are really important, but it's also looking at what's happening holistically in the body that's fueling that process. And stress is a massive one yeah. for that. And that's where I think getting that balance which you already begin to talk about the balance between high intensity or aerobic exercise and then more restorative exercise and weight-bearing exercise getting that balance is so incredibly important and feels more important at this stage of our life and it's more achievable really as well because i think actually you don't get bored and that's not to say yeah. to do something different all the time because that's you really need important. to get it's really important for me. Yeah, yeah it really is that's why with weights a lot of my clients say will i bulk yeah you really won't bulk but when i'm lifting weights or when i'm teaching weights and you're saying to women right could you go a little bit heavier you know are you at that point where you're just having to that last rep there's just a little bit of a struggle there is suddenly no thought for anything other than your body moving and actually how strong it is mm. and i leave that weight session and i think I am strong and you can't see strong, but you're feeling it. And actually you feel like you've got the day. For me, that's self-care. For 25 minutes, I have had that time to myself. And that's what it's about. It's actually about empowering yourself and knowing that you are so much stronger than actually you give yourself credit for. Mm. And that's what happens so often when I think women are there and they're faced with anything in life. We always question ourselves before we even tried. Mm. And so it's just going, okay, if you've got someone encouraging you to do it and then you do and you achieve it, it's great. And that then I hope plays out in their day-to-day lives. But I hope, hopefully have encouraged a lot more women to live well, and you don't bulk. It's really amazing because actually I think you're breaking a bias there as well. You know, I think that there is this sense that that's a very masculine world. Yeah. What would be your recommendation for people to buy some weights and... On the earning your menopause, which I know we're going to come to at some point, there is a four-week beginner's guide to lifting weights. So get some three kgs and some five kgs. And that was, that might seem heavy you will progress very quickly. Mm. You're not going to bulk, but you're going to build that strong lean muscle, which we need. Yeah. It plays a function. It's less yeah. about how it looks and more about what it's functionally doing for the body, which yeah. is so incredibly important. Our muscles start to produce a small amount of a type of estrogen as well. So we yeah. need that in the same ways that we need to have a little bit more adipose tissue in some areas of our body when we're going through that menopause stage because 
we need that endogenous production yeah. of the form of oestrogen that supports our brain, supports our bones. That's one of the questions I get asked by a lot of women, that visceral fat around the middle. And because we've got that lack of oestrogen and yeah. our body searches, and sadly it picks up a lower quality form of oestrogen, and that's where the fat deposits do yeah. sit around the middle area. But again, actually lifting weights, whilst your body is repairing itself, you will continue to burn calories after you've lifted. Mm. If you are running you only burn calories really at that moment in time. So it's sort of the after effect. You will continue to be burning calories for 24 hours after a strength workout or a HIIT workout. But again, I do like to slightly stay away from the HIIT element. And it's funny because that's where I started, actually. <laughs> I hadn't started this menopause journey because that was what everyone was doing. And then realised that actually that isn't the most sustainable, healthy best way to work out once you hit this midlife phase yes it works but again we're talking about the future mm. it works possibly at that moment in time but it doesn't become sustainable for your joints or for your cortisol levels but i think that's where you're brilliant because it evolves with where you're at professionally and personally yeah. so you'll bring that lived experience through it and actually it's very similar to how Wild Nutrition started and how I formulated. You know, you can read all the research papers and it can say you need to do X and X and X and X. But actually, when you've got the lived experience, when you're yeah. going through it or you're working with women who are going through it and really immersing yourself in their experience of it, it really does change the information that you want to give. And they can be at odds sometimes. No, completely. And I think that is sort of the nature of what I love doing because I also think it's really important. We're sitting here and we're talking about exercise, but actually midlife menopause or just midlife comes with its own set of challenges that don't allow us the time to necessarily be able to do that you've got kids you've got family you might have elderly or sick parents you've got households to run you've got jobs and going back to that to-do list where do we feature on it and we never do we always put ourselves last and I think that plays into a lot of people's mental state when they mm -hmm. approach menopause as well because your body's changing all of these things are going on. You might not understand what's going on. Your world is just carrying on in front of you. I think for a time, I felt very invisible, even in my own home. Yet there was so much noise from everybody because you're still doing everything for everybody. It was like being in a WhatsApp group that you're not slightly part of. You're just watching it from the outside. <laughs> the messages keep on coming but through. Yeah, and everyone else yeah. is having a really good time yeah. and you're not. If you feel like that, it is okay, but it can get better. Mm. Because again, it's focusing on going, okay, I do feel like that. How can I get out of this hole realistically? Because a lot of us might not have the time to do that or the finances to be able to necessarily do these things. But you can go for a walk. That is free. Outdoors is free. And, and that's why I sort of like doing the, the home workout stuff because you can work out from home. You don't need an expensive gym membership. You know, you can eat well if you think about it. If you want to do supplements and things like that, buy the right ones because, again, there's a massive choice Mm. And I guess that's where you do your research into what should I do from people that have lived it, because that is the best way. And speaking openly and sharing experiences, yeah. because I think that's a relatively new thing as well for women at this stage, is that it just wasn't really spoken about. Yeah. So to opening the dialogue, it can be really individual. So getting the advice of you as an exercise expert or... You know, for us, that's why we provide the nutritional services, because actually sometimes you do need that individual yeah. support. I'd really like to ask you about owning your menopause because I think it's fantastic. And this is something that is accessible for people financially. Yeah. 
conveniently it's a really accessible program that can really help women so tell me a little bit yeah, more it's taken me a while to get there and it's still evolving I'm sure as you know with the business you set something up and there's always something new or some other way you want to do it and so this is evolving because basically what I wanted to build was a community of women who can support each other and that's everybody that's in the community there's not one person in charge this is about everybody owning their menopause and it's through exercise nutrition sleep So I was obviously offering the free Instagram workouts, but I wanted it to be a bit more bespoke and for people to be able to have contact with myself. And sort of through that, I brought on two other trainers as well, because actually not everybody wants to lift. There's bar on there and there's Pilates. So it was a way of giving women six days a week of live workouts every morning. So we have a Monday through Saturday, various different workouts between myself, lovely Sarah and Zoe. And then I've also got a menopause GP. And so lovely uh, Katie Armstrong comes on and she is, again, we've slightly changed the format, but she's going to be doing three videos. So on every Tuesday, there'll be like a masterclass. And then once a month, she'll come on and do a live Zoom with whoever wants to join, answer questions. And that's really important because I feel that people get lost in their journey. They might not be able to get hold of their GP. So actually, if they've got someone they can ask, question to and get an answer within a time frame that's really really helpful then I've got two nutritionists sort of helping at the moment and I'm about to do a May sort of reset challenge they will come on and talk every fortnight just answering questions giving women some guidance and we've got a sleep expert so it's basically like your one-stop shop for menopause and it's all about how we can empower ourselves and thrive I don't want us to look at the negative sides of menopause I want people to kind of go okay this is where I'm at how am I going to feel better Mm. because I think it's also really important to remember that not everyone can take HRT and there are a lot of things out there at the moment that you know you take your HRT and you're going to be able to exercise and you're going to be able to eat well you can exercise and eat well well before you start taking Mm. HRT or the need to take HRT and actually if you perhaps start that journey you might give yourself that best chance of coming to that perimenopause journey feeling strong and fit and healthy and it's you know it's equally about that mental strength and this community of women it's great I love it we do our workouts in the morning and there's a sort of text mechanism and everyone says good morning to each other and sort of women from all over are building relationships with each other and we do a live lounge as well once a month and we just rant and we come on and that, that's probably the time when everyone and we rant about our husbands maybe not understanding it and, and that's a whole different subject as yeah. well isn't it that I think there's a huge amount of empowerment to do there because I know you've got a supportive partner I've got a very supportive partner who'd probably want to know more about it yeah. and know how they can support because a little bit like watching somebody go through childbirth yeah it's really disempowering to know that somebody is going through a stage of discomfort and change and transition, but not really knowing how to help. Yeah, and also, really, do you know, if I'm really honest about it, it's not embarrassing. But I think at the time when I thought I was going through my perimenopause, and I thought, my God, my husband's going to find me really unattractive. Because his connotations of the menopause were that I was old and over the hills and done yeah. for. Time you to know. trade in. Yeah. Mm. And this is what I really do feel is that actually from 40, you can completely reframe yourself if you mm. can get a hold of it mm. and come out stronger. Like, I have started a business in my 40s. And I'm well and truly just at the beginning of that journey. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want women to just sort of think that it's something to be embarrassed of and they need to hide in a corner because they're having symptoms, symptoms in a workplace as well. And that's where getting the word out there and having these menopause policies in the workplace is huge because menopause affects 
everybody. It mm. affects the children, it affects your husband, it affects your colleagues. You know, we have Be to gentle. let everybody know. Because again, when young girls have their periods, they're so proud of it. You know, they'll boast about it. Yeah, we have these conversations about menopause. It's like, so yeah, I think it might be my menopause. And we're so hushed about it. And it's like, yeah. what are we so afraid of? And I think probably because we're, women are now living for 30 years longer, let's start beginning our lives at 40 and change the narrative and actually we really can do that and that's sort of what I wanted owning your menopause to be was to encourage women because I have to be honest but I remember 42 wanting to drive into a tree not necessarily to take my own life but because I wanted someone to look after me I was run ragged and actually we don't need to get to that point if we've got that support system and I hope that by creating that support system everyone feels that they're not alone everyone's menopause journey is unique and we will all have different symptoms but don't be afraid to talk about them because it's not just hot flushes and for me I actually was going to bed and sitting on the end of my bed saying to my husband if I don't wake up in the morning tell them it was my heart I thought I was dying and I think we do get to that stage again it's a mid-life thing we're so scared of our kids being left on their own we're Mm. so scared what happens if we're not here because we are holding everybody together Mm -hmm. we diagnose ourselves and i thought i had had lung cancer i thought i was having heart attacks every night and since i have made some massive lifestyle changes which is not drinking i do try to eat better but i do love chocolate which is a terrible thing and coffee everything 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 in in moderation moderation, i know Mm -hmm. you know those symptoms are so much more manageable so it's just knowing that it's a blip and it can get better and I feel stronger now at 46 than I think I ever did at 30, if I'm honest with you. I would agree, as somebody who's going through the perimenopausal stage, it's deeply uncomfortable on many, many levels. It is also incredibly, sounds too trivial to say exciting, but it does feel like there's an opportunity in it as well. There's a recalibration. There's a lot of questioning that is actually really necessary. My concern with the menopause and the amount of exposure or rhetoric it's getting at the moment, conversations that are happening around menopause, is that, and this particularly seems relevant to HRT, is that you just take that and that will make all of those symptoms go away. And actually, maybe those symptoms are there for a reason. Maybe you are feeling anxious and you are feeling burnt out and you are feeling run ragged and you are feeling like you can't sleep properly because there are actually real issues in your environment that actually need to be worked out. What you're saying is brilliant. It is a time to be reborn almost again. It's kind of... um, Absolutely. And it's exciting. It can be exciting. I think that is the word. And I think if we make it exciting for future generations, I think you're right, because actually 40% of women leave their jobs because they don't feel they can cope. But imagine all those incredible CEOs, those women who are top of the company that have had to leave their jobs because there wasn't that support there or they didn't know. They suddenly had had this amazing career and then they were like, oh my God, I can't do it anymore. Mm. You know, as women, we're really good at talking. And I think that is where I probably started to think I was menopausal, but a lot of people would say, and and actually this is key to point out, but you're too young. You know, you're 42. What we have to remember is the average age of menopause is 51. Mm. You can be perimenopausal for 10 years. Mm. So essentially anywhere around the age of 40, you could be heading through that perimenopause journey. And if you go to your GP, I think if you are under the age of 45, you have to have a blood test. Over the age of 45, they go on your symptoms. But again, that's conflicting amongst surgeries, I know, because there have been women who've been 48 saying to me they've gone to their doctors and their doctors have done blood tests. I'm fine, so they're not going to give me the extra help that I want. What you have to remember is if you are over the age of 45, you are entitled to go to your GP and say, these are my symptoms, this is what it is, please 
I would like to take HRT or I would like advice on what I can do. Again, if you're under the age of 45 and you are feeling that, I mean, I was put on HRT at 44. I did end up having to go privately because my GP wasn't accepting of the fact that I was going through perimenopause. Because again, you can still be having periods and be in perimenopause. Absolutely. Um, Mm. And I think this is the thing, there is so much Mm. confusion around it, but women need to know that from the age of 40, I always say, if you are beginning to experience your symptoms, start tracking period start tracking your symptoms because when you do go to your GP there's nothing more they like than some clear evidence-based information on your cycle so that they know because actually if you've only got 10 minutes you know it's not their fault Mm. you've got to get it all out and say everything in 10 minutes and if they have got an interest in women's health it's not going to be something that is Mm. at the forefront of their mind to diagnose Mm. so just being armed and empowered with all of that information and knowing that you can have your menopause before the age of 40 and it's one in a hundred I think it's before the age of 40 so it just to track I think is really key as well mm. if, if only for you as well to see yeah. the patterns because it's quite interesting when that happens you can see a pattern evolving that you're like wow that's really interesting so I know that at that time I need to go more gently with myself because yeah. I tend to feel more this or so I think that's fantastic and uh, so what I would like to do is just to kind of capture everything that we've spoken about in about three sentences (laughs) if that's possible basically exercise is really good for you yeah for managing stress for your for your heart for your joint for your bones for your brain for your mental health and then during perimenopause and menopause stages it becomes more important or equally important what would you say equally as important but to think about how you're working out to think about what it is that you're doing and that rest really is important. And that can be yoga or Pilates. And I'm not saying that that is not a workout, but just something that gives your body a bit of a break from that heightened intensity, again, raising cortisol levels. Mm. And also, if you don't feel like doing something, don't necessarily do it, but go for a walk. Just always try to move. So five days a week, yeah, 30 minutes. Yeah. And that five days can be as suits your... Yeah, I would um, do five days a week. I would often say two to three days strength training if you can, then walking, cycling, swimming, something that slightly elevates the heart rate. And just be kind to yourself and not beat yourself up and not think that you have to do it. You want to get to a space where you want to do it, that it's not that it's not a chore. But yes, five days a week, 30 minutes. And for somebody who doesn't regularly exercise, it's the hard yards at the beginning, isn't yeah. it? forming that habit and then you mentioned that it becomes sort of almost self-propelling because you start to experience the benefits whether that's the mental benefits of it or the physical benefits of it and then that kind of propels you to carry on yeah I mean I didn't do work out this morning just because I wanted to have a slower day I was awake at 5.45 my body was like come on and only 18 months ago my body was like oh just stay in bed the mind is amazing at tricking us Mm. and you have to remember we're not our thoughts Mm. and if you say you're going to do it tomorrow when you're lying in bed that morning the chances are you won't Mm. just start exercise is amazing and actually once you start exercising you then start eating well again it just all does tie in 
together and you eat well you exercise well you exercise you eat well it's kind of absolutely yeah and it's important as well when you say to track our cycles because again the hormones do play out how we feel about exercising and i mean this is obviously a conversation for a whole other time because there is a way of working out around your cycle Mm. when is the optimum time to lift when is the optimum time to run all about avoiding injury and obviously as we come into our perimenopause journey we might not know where we are in our cycle Mm. so one week you might have gone to the gym or you might have done a home workout and had all the energy in the world and then the following week you might not lifted as heavy as you did the previous week and then again as women we beat ourselves up oh I'm losing strength it's not going the right way Mm. it's still going the right way Mm. it's just that you're somewhere in your cycle that your body just wants to do something differently and I think we have to be so much more forgiving of ourselves Mm. the thing is we always beat ourselves up and tuning into our body your perimenopause is always a moving target for 10 years it's a moving target so Mm. Even if you are on HRT or even if you're doing the lifestyle changes, you have to tweak those as well. It's not just here we are and it's a nice steady 10 years. Yes. At times of stress or if things gone on, your estrogen will deplete quicker. So it might be that you have to approach your GP. And I know that I have tweaked my estrogen. The progesterone has changed. The Mm. testosterone has changed. Mm. It continually needs to be addressed. Katie, it's been such a pleasure chatting to you. We could carry on. And I'm already (laughs) thinking I'd love to do one on tracking cycles and exercising specifically during the cycle. But it's been really, really, really helpful, actually, even for me. And I actually see a personal trainer Giles who's absolutely brilliant and I'm lifting weights and I bloody love it yeah, that's right. and I've never done it before in my life and I feel brilliant I do it twice a week I've never done exercise like it it's just fantastic mentally physically it's just brilliant so I can't recommend it more highly as well so people can find you on Instagram yeah Katie FH fitness so it's Kate RH Kate RH <laughs> underscore fitness and also then owning your menopause as yeah. well Okay. Um, thank well, you. Thank, well, thank you for everything you're doing as well, because I think you are busting some myths and giving some really fantastic tools of empowerment to women that are feeling a little bit lost in the wilderness. So, thank you for thank letting you. me come talk to you today. We hope you enjoyed that conversation. Please do let us know what you thought. Rate us on iTunes, follow us, share, and spread the word with others. This has been a Wild Nutrition podcast with Henrietta Norton. It's produced by Phil Bodger. Special thanks to Nina Humphreys, who composed our theme tune, and everyone at Wild Nutrition for their support. You can subscribe to Wild Nutrition podcast on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. And you can also find us on our website, wildnutrition.com.